What's going on, good people, and welcome to Live by the Three Raptors podcast with your boy Curly. Give me a follow on Instagram at Live by the Period Number Three and on Twitter slash X at Live by the Zero Three. So on a Sunday night, the Raptors continue their road trip on the West Coast with a stop in San Francisco, taking on the Golden State Warriors, a Golden State Warriors team that is a shell of their former selves, their championship selves. The dynasty seems to be coming to an end, and. The Warriors are definitely struggling trying to reinvent themselves. They did, and it led to a championship. But now, with young players like Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody looking for more opportunities. You got Pazemshi there. You can go down the line. They have some nice young pieces, but probably not the pieces that are going to live up to what Draymond, Curry, and Klay Thompson has meant to this franchise. It's been a tough goal for them. On the Raptors side of things, slightly better. They're 2-1 and one since the trade. Emmanuel Quickly and R.J. Barrett seem to be fitting in nicely. And there seems to be a lot more balance around this team. And Darko, for the most part, has certainly looked better since the trade as well. But the Raptors have not lived up to expectations. And they have not been playing to their full ability this season. And you hope with a trade... Like I mentioned in the last pod, trading a cornerstone like OG Ananobi, that it's going to infuse new life into the Raptors. And as of late, there has been new life. There has been more pop, especially on the offensive end. The defensive end has definitely taken a hit, but they are more exciting to watch. And it's nice to see them actually lean into a more offensive minded approach than trying to stop every single possession on the defensive end. But now they have the ability to get ahead of some teams on some nights, and they also have the ability, like we saw against the Sacramento Kings, that they can also make a comeback as well. Tonight, you got a glimpse of what they can do on the offensive end. The Raptors were absolutely relentless from tip-off. I said that the Raptors had to lead into their strengths, and they definitely did that tonight. The amount of run-out opportunities that were created, especially off of the missed shots from the Warriors, was spectacular. Emmanuel quickly was dropping dimes. He assumed the role of a Dennis Schroeder tonight, getting 10 assists, finding Pascal on the break, RJ on the break, Scotty, you name it. The Raptors were pushing the ball. Even after a made shot, were inmounting the ball, and they were leaking ahead of the defense, and it kept leading to a lot of fast break opportunities and easy buckets. I also said that they had to take advantage of their size, and they definitely did that tonight. They were hunting down Steph Curry tonight. I actually felt sorry for him. But you have to take advantages when they are presented to you. And for whatever reason, Steph was always left in the post, and Pascal went to work on him. Scotty went to work on him. Even Jakob had a couple of possessions on him as well. And it led to multiple timeouts. Not only were they able to get ahead of the defense and get out in transition, they were also hitting transition threes above the break threes. The Raptors essentially looked like the Warriors in the first half. They outscored the Warriors 76-49 to in the first half. I don't know what the record was for the Raptors, scoring the most points in the half. And it appears that they were a few off from the record in the first half. The most half points scored by the Raptors was 87, and that was against the Cleveland Cavaliers two years ago. Nonetheless, they were scoring a lot of points, and they were scoring in bunches, and it didn't matter. It was Pascal at times, 
Squatty at times, Yak at times, even the guys coming off the bench started to get going, Gary, Dennis, you name it. They were making their mark. Boucher had a tremendous game off the bench today, 17 points, 9 rebounds for Boucher. But it was the play of R.J. Barrett, a.k.a. the toxic asset. And if you don't know what I'm referring to, it's been said around the league that R.J. has been referred to as somebody... That has potential, but it has also been referred to as a toxic asset, whatever that means. But RJ definitely does not appear to be a toxic person, definitely does not appear to be a toxic player, and he definitely showed that he was not a toxic asset tonight. He absolutely dominated the Warriors tonight, single-handedly. He looked confident, he was purposeful, didn't do too much Dribbling with the basketball, every single move was purposeful. And the Warriors simply had no answer for him. And when he, was, when he wasn't dominating them in transition, he was bullying his way, a la Pascal, a la Scotty Barnes, his way to the basket, generating free throw opportunities. And when they started to make adjustments defensively, and the Warriors did eventually during the game, he started to hit threes, going five for eight from outside. And even towards the last moments of the game, RJ was still pushing the ball up the floor and he was still looking to get his. And I love that mentality from him. You do not want to give the opposition any sort of opportunity. And he robbed him of that. And on a night when Scotty Barnes was tasked with guarding Steph Curry for most of the night, I'm not a huge fan of Scotty being at the point of attack, but it seems like he wants to challenge himself. And it's refreshing to see that he can adapt to a different role and then that the Raptors can adapt as well, that not having Scotty Barnes, who arguably has been our best player this season, is adaptable and that the team can respond and make up where Scotty Barnes is lacking in some nights. And you can go down the line quickly, to easily take over a game. RJ clearly shown with his 37 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, and a steal on a very efficient 13 for 20 shooting. Pascal can go off. Gary can go off. We've seen Dennis have great games. The Raptors now have options, and they don't have to be reliant on just one person carrying them day in and day out. If you really think about it, the Raptors are kind of built similar to when Nick Nurse was here, even post-championship. It was all hands on deck. It was success by community, and it was defeat by community as well. But I would argue that this team is slightly more dynamic than the Nick Nurse teams, with the exception of the championship roster. I'll give credit to the Warriors, though. As great as the Raptors played and as dominant as the Raptors were, they made a push in the second half, most notably in the third quarter. They locked up defensively, started to clog back the paint what they didn't do in the first half, which is getting back on defense and completely looking disinterested on that side of the ball, they were doing it in the second half. The unfortunate thing for them is that they were not converting on their shots and majority of their shots were heavily contested. So there weren't many clean looks for the Warriors tonight. And much like the first half and in the later parts of the game, went back to their strength, dominated them in the half court, used their size, pushed the ball out in transition, and they come away with the victory in convincing fashion, 133-118 to over the Warriors, where the Raptors shot a whopping 55 for 94 from the field at just under 59%, 15 for 33 from 3, giving them 46%. And similar to the Kings the other night, they did not have 
to score a lot of the free throw line because they were hitting everything else. 8 for 14 from the free throw line at just around 57%. The Warriors surprisingly got up 100 shots, giving them 45% from the field, 14 for 46 from 3 at 30%, and 14 for 15 from the free throw line at 93%. Now looking at the other stats, the Warriors really dominated on the offensive glass, most notably from Kevon Looney. I believe he had just around 7 by himself. They had 15 offensive rebounds, and it led to 15 second chance points they break even in that category but everything else the Raptors were dominant in 66 points in the paint 24 fast break points to the Warriors 8 and 23 points off turnovers to the Warriors 12 it's what the Raptors do when they lean into their strength and they lean into their defense and they're able to create these run out opportunities this is what can happen for them this is what the Raptors could look like at their best do I expect this every single night no but do I expect them to create run-out opportunities with this roster? Yes. Do I expect them to be dominant in, tra- in transition? Absolutely. Do I expect them to find the mismatches very quickly in the offense? Yes. These are things that they can do. They have willing playmakers now and quickly who wants to spread his wings as a point guard. Pascal and Scotty as well as facilitators. The Raptors could play like this every single night. It just remains a question of will they. Hopefully, over the last few games, you are seeing that offensive-minded shift. Hopefully, they lean into it a little bit more. But before we get into the individual stats, one thing I forgot to mention, or at least a couple of things. The first thing, Otto Porter Jr. got his championship ring from the Warriors run, so congratulations to Otto Porter Jr. They had a nice little ceremony for him, got his ring. He's an M- officially an NBA champion. And also, I watched this game and shout out to my guy, Samson Folk, for giving me the idea. I was watching this game from the Warriors broadcast perspective and just listening to them, they were in complete disbelief that a Raptors team that is not known for three-point shooting was absolutely dominating the Warriors tonight. They kept bringing up that Pascal, Boucher, and RJ had more threes combined than Curry, Pazemski, and Klay Thompson. It was absolutely hilarious. It was almost like they were witnessing a live murder, and obviously murder is not funny, but it was it was very depressing to listen to them comment on tonight's game. They were definitely eulogizing the Warriors throughout the rest of the broadcast, but were finding opportunities to big up their young guys with Moses Moody, who finished the game with 21 points, uh, Kamingo with 13 Trey Jackson Davis, he had 16 points and 11 rebounds. So it was nice to hear them give props to the Young Bucks. But beyond that, it was bad if you were a Warriors fan, but definitely entertaining as a Raptors fan. So let's get into the individual performances tonight. Pascal Siakam, a very efficient 16 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 blocks on 7 for 11 shooting from the field, 2 for 3 from 3. Was not able to get to the free throw line tonight. But he didn't need to. He was hitting at a high clip. He was getting to his spots. He was running out in transition. He was very active defensively. Probably the best he's looked on the defensive end as of late. But he also didn't have to play tremendous defense as the Warriors, as I mentioned in the previous pod, would find ways to shoot themselves in the foot. And they did that for most of the night, settling for a lot of contested jump shots and contested contested shots in general. My, My apologies, but was very efficient, was very impactful, was very confident, and 
despite everything that's being said about him in the media and surrounding what the idea of trading him or whether he's going to be extended or not, he still is the ultimate professional, comes out there, does his job, and I think a very underrated part of his game is that Pascal's a killer. May not be a killer to like a Kobe, an AI, or Jordan even, but he's a killer in his own right. He wants to win, and he will do everything he can to win the game. And I think if you're looking at his stat line tonight, he was the ultimate team player tonight. Very, very efficient game from Pascal. I was very impressed by him. Scotty Barnes, stat-wise, probably the worst of the season. But what he was doing throughout the game was nothing short but impressive. Chasing around Steph Curry for most of the night is not easy. And he was just committed to that side of the ball. He took 11 shots, hit three of them, went 0 for 4 from three, no attempts at the free throw line. But when the opportunities were available, he took advantage and he scored six points, two rebounds, three assists, one steal, and a block. Uh, most of his buckets, I believe, was scored on Steph. And then when the defense adjusted, became a lot more challenging for Scotty to make his mark on the offensive end. But defensively, he was very active tonight. And you've heard me say it multiple times on this platform is that if you're not able to do one thing that you are very efficient at, and Scotty has been efficient at everything, what else can you do to help your team win basketball games? And he was competing on the defensive end. He was contesting shots, being engaged as a help side defender, grabbing a couple rebounds, finding the advantages. Scotty's fingerprints were all over this game. And the one thing I really don't like with some of these Scotty performances is that when Scotty has a bad game, it's the Raptors not prioritizing Scotty. And he got off 11 shots and he was not able to hit them. And it's not an indication that the Raptors aren't prioritizing him. He's he's allowed to have a bad game, but you're not winning this game without the energy and effort of Scotty. And while the stats don't really reflect that, if you're watching the game, you will see that he was a very key component in the Raptors' victory tonight. Uh, it should not be downplayed what his effort was on tonight's game. Jakob Pertl, solid game from him. Very efficient from the field, 14 points, 11 rebounds, giving him a double-double, 5 assists, and not that many fouls tonight, only 3 fouls tonight on 6 for 8 shooting from the field, and we went 2 for 5 from the free throw line. The Warriors are small, you have a 7-footer in Masai's eyes, you have a top 10 center, very debatable at this point, but he was definitely dominant tonight, the Raptors made it a priority to find him on the inside he was able to grab three offensive rebounds and he was able to be impactful on the offensive end and I think whenever you are able to get six for eight out of Jakob at minimum 10 points per game to go along with at least 10 rebounds it's a win and he also broke the 30 minute mark tonight 31 minutes tonight which is certainly encouraging and we probably assume this by now, but it seems like Jakob's usage is definitely matchup dependent. And in a game against a team that is definitely small, you want to prioritize Jakob in the biggest way possible. RJ Barrett, like I already mentioned, absolutely dominant, absolutely impactful tonight. And 
the biggest way possible. 37 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists on 13 for 20 shooting from the field, 5 for 8 from 3, and 6 for 8 from the free throw line. Is RJ going to do this every single night? No. But it's nice to see him do it at a time when the Raptors needed it. Scotty didn't have it tonight, and RJ stepped up in the biggest way, doing most of his damage in the first half. I believe he scored 27 points, possibly 29 in the first half, and he finished with 37. I, I think the damage is already done. He didn't need to go as hard in the second half, and credit to the Warriors' defense, as I mentioned, made adjustments, and he had to become more of a, of a facilitator, but with his impact on this game, it created open opportunities for everyone else. Just a solid game from RJ. Very impressed by his performance tonight. And more importantly, he had zero turnovers. Was making a lot of high percentage plays, making the right reads. Certainly impressive tonight. And Emmanuel quickly making the right reads tonight. Nine points, ten assists, five rebounds, and a steal on four for ten shooting from the field, one for four from three, and no attempts at the free throw line. Not many attempts from the free throw line for the Raptors. As I said they were eight for fourteen. But Emmanuel quickly. Put his playmaking on display. Looked like he was having fun, even though he wasn't scoring the basketball. He was finding his teammates. He was pushing the ball up the floor. He's basically doing the things that Dennis was doing for the Raptors in the early parts of the season, trying to push the tempo, lead them in a break, get get ahead of the defense. He definitely accomplished that. And with a speedster like Emmanuel quickly, I'm calling quickly for nothing, you have to respect... His ability to get up the floor and to be impactful in the half court. And he played the role of decoy tonight, found the advantages. Certainly impressed with his playmaking tonight. Solid game, even though he didn't have it offensively, but a solid game from quickly. Now, given the fact that the Raptors got out to a large lead, everybody got to play tonight. Thaddeus Young chipped in with three points. Jalen McDaniels had no points but had an assist. Garrett Temple got some time. He had two points. Jonte Porter had two points, two rebounds, one assist, a steal, and a block. Continues to be that consistent anchor on the defensive end. Always just making the high percentage plays and the high percentage reads. Even though he was a minus 10, you love that he can be a complementary piece to the Raptors rotation. Dennis Schroeder tonight, solid game from him, very efficient. He was a plus 14, 13 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists on 6 for 10 shooting from the field, 1 for 3 from 3, and 0 for 1 from the free throw line. None of this is surprising to me. I said that I would love Dennis to come off the bench, and I think majority of the fan base echoed the same thing. But Dennis will have the advantage against most second units and especially with the Warriors and their struggles dealing with Pazemski, Corey Joseph it was an absolute matchup nightmare for the Warriors dealing with Dennis and it showed tonight he was efficient he was impactful he was making the right reads basically doing what he's been doing all season long and he took high percentage shots for most of the night not really going to complain about him. And we also saw the return of Gary Trent Jr. tonight. 14 points, 1 rebound, 1 assist, 2 steals, and a block on an efficient 6-for-11 shooting from the field and 2-for-5 from 3. He even got into an exchange of words with Jonathan Kaminga. And you love that the Raptors are bringing a little bit of an attitude. I think quickly can bring that as well. Gary has always brought it, but it's nice to see him be vocal. He's also been very methodical with this team and with the exception of Brooke Lopez, 
in that incident that we had last season, it's nice to see him get up for a game like this, especially with him being out. But took high percentage shots, was able to get to the rim a couple times, wasn't able to generate any free throw opportunities, but you love that he's trying to just be more than a shooter. And it shows, like, one rebound, one assist, two steals, and a block. Probably his better game on the defensive end if you're Gary Trent Jr., but you are encouraged that he's just trying to be more than a shooter on any given night. But a solid game from him. And a solid game from the Raptors overall. They are now 15-21, and 3-1 for one since the trade. And they take this show on the road against the Lake Show in La La Land, taking on the Los Angeles Lakers on January 9th with a 10.30 tip-off. So definitely going to have a late reaction pod on that one. The Lakers... They were losers of four in a row. They're 17-19 and 19 for the season. I believe they are going to win against the Clippers by the time this pot is over. And they are getting rid of that four-game losing streak. But this is a Lakers team that has massive aspirations. And, I mean, when you have LeBron James on the team, you definitely have championship aspirations every single season. But they are not playing championship-winning basketball ever since the in-season tournament. They have looked like a shell of their former selves. And... It sounds like they're using it as a crutch uh, to justify their struggles. Darvingham is in the media as someone that's losing the locker room, and they might be looking to make a change much sooner rather than later. But with all that being said, it's an opportunity for the Raptors to capitalize on all the turmoil that is going on with the Lakers. So if we're looking at some keys to victory, it's going to be pretty similar to the Warriors right now. Uh, Lead out in transition, take care of the basketball, and... Force them to guard you. I think that the Lakers have struggled with health, you know, with Anthony Davis and LeBron. You go down the line, and they are easily persuaded to get up in the track meet. And if I'm looking at player for player, I definitely lean into the Raptors' favor as somebody that can play more of that up-tempo and be much more successful in an up-tempo offense than the Lakers are currently but cannot be taken lightly, cannot be taken for granted. And more importantly, you want to guard the perimeter. They're a team that likes to get up a lot of threes, the likes of Torian Prince, Austin Reeves, Cam Reddish. You go down the line. I'm not going to say they're a three-point-making team, but they have a lot of guys that like to take a lot of threes. Even LeBron is taking more threes nowadays. You cannot take them lightly from the perimeter. And when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis you got to get up for those types of games. Those are guys that can can very easily win you the basketball game by themselves. So hopefully the Raptors build on what they did against the Warriors and they learn from what happened against the Kings and will come away with a victory against the Lakers come Tuesday night. But we will see how that all unfolds. And that is a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for all listeners doing all for tuning in. I appreciate every single one of you. If you have not done so already, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It'll mean so much if you take time to do so. And until the next episode, which will be very, very soon, everyone, please continue to stay healthy and stay safe. Good people. Peace.